Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The Iron Brew Podcast is sponsored by Henley Granite and Marble. Henley Granite and Marble offer very competitive pricing on a huge range of worktops. We pride ourselves on our fantastic customer service and three working day lead time from template to installation on standard kitchen worktops. For more information, visit henleygraniteandmarble.co.uk, quote Iron Brew for 10% off your quotation. Small enough to care, big enough to cope. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast, Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard, Matt Ellis. We've got one or two little bits of news to kick us off with for this episode. And actually, we're going to start where we ended off last time, and that is with the EFL's pilot scheme. Now, just after we finished our episode, the club put a statement out saying that they would like to host a pilot event. And obviously, being that we were away this week, and obviously we don't have a game on the Tuesday, the next one after that would be the Carlisle game. And if it was an option, that we would like to host uh, that pilot scheme, as I say, and to get up to a 1,000 fans back in for that event. However, we found out today, in this today being uh, the 21st of September, the Monday, as we are recording this right now, that unfortunately we're not going to be able to do that given to uh, rising infection rates uh, for COVID in our area. And actually, just to go along with that, we did in fact have a youth alliance game, an under 18, called off against Grimsby this week because one of our players had tested positive for COVID. So obviously, we wish them all the best and hopefully they return to the team uh, pretty soon. But just back on this pilot scheme, then, I think. The, for, to get fans in for the Carlisle, it was always going to be a bit of a long shot anyway, but still, is it a little bit disappointing that we can't do it? Well, I think so. You know, I, th- I think it's the, the club were obviously pushing for it, weren't they? Um, I'm, I'm sure that they, they had everything in order um, as they needed to do to apply for, for the pilot scheme. But I think if you just look at the, the wider landscape at the minute, especially the announcement <clears throat> that came today at 11 o'clock with um, the chief scientific advisors, et cetera, et cetera, that, you know, it's not looking good at the minute, is it, for COVID? And, of course, that's obviously going to have a knock-on effect for football. I think they said that if we carry on at the same rate that we are at the moment, by early October, we'll have 30,000 in, in sort of COVID infections a day. So obviously, they, did the government need to do something about that? And it's obviously going to have an impact on live sport, isn't it? Yeah, I think you're right, Matt. I think it was always going to be a bit of a long shot. And I think even the target of getting fans into grounds for October was always, yeah, it was always dependent on a lot of factors. Um, I think it's disappointing. Obviously, the club wanted to get some fans in. Um, I think it's going to be important before fans return, whenever that is, that fa- that clubs do get the opportunity to host a pilot event because, you know, it's going to be completely different to what we're used to. Um, I've seen some feedback from a couple of clubs that tried it this weekend, obviously Shrewsbury, I think um, they they were rated really highly, um, you know, for, for what they did. Um, all seemed very clear and all the fans that attended seemed to be very happy and, and felt relatively safe in that environment. So I think, um, yeah, it's, it's going to depend on a lot of factors. Obviously, it is disappointing, but it's, it's not unexpected, I would say. I think that was something you were saying earlier on to us, wasn't it? Because at the minute, this pilot scheme is is a case of that clubs apply to the EFL and you know if they meet the guidelines and everything, they might be granted you know a match to do this. But I think you were saying earlier on that you think actually the approach should be that all clubs have to have a pilot one before we get fans back in properly. 
I think so, yeah. I mean, it makes sense because otherwise, you know, the, the staff are going in blind um, and then this is obviously a very reduced capacity. So I think most of the clubs at the weekend just had a thousand fans. When fans are going to be allowed back in, that's that's likely to be, you know, maybe a couple of thousand depending on the, the capacity of the stadium and things like that. Um, so it's going to be more fans to kind of to kind of cope with. So I think, um, yeah, just to run through all the procedures, the stewarding, that kind of thing, and the catering, if that's if that's even possible, um, I think it's it's really important to give clubs the opportunity to put something like that on. Uh, but as I say, obviously, I think it's we we're kind of been dictated to by by councils and sort of um, safety advisory groups and, and the local health authority, and obviously they've decided that the game um, has to be played behind closed doors. Um, which yeah, it's a shame, but as I say, I think I think it was expected, really. Well, you, you think? I mean, it's got to be the right decision, haven't it? You know, looking at what's going on at the minute. Uh, but you know, as part of getting fans back into grounds, whether it's going to be this year or or whatever, you don't know what's going to happen with the pandemic situation. But the interesting thing is, if you think about it, really, I think I agree with you, Matt. I think before we can start having fans in on a regular basis, every club in the football league should have the chance to host a pilot event and. If, it would make sense to have this pilot event come as part of the agreement to say, you know, before you can move forward and get more fans in on a regular basis and try and move somewhere back to normality to become COVID secure, if you like, you've got to have had a successful pilot event in the first instance. So that would obviously mean that every club will get the chance to do it. And as you said, it it lets them get their procedures in place. It gives them, you know, a, a, a good dress rehearsal, if you like, with just a thousand fans in, in the ground to move forward with it and whether you consider a thousand fans in our ground you know a kind of with a lot of space left because there's some really big grounds in the country isn't there and having just a thousand fans in you know a 50,000 seat ground it is not really a risk is it really let's be honest it's it's safer than going to the supermarket to get your weekly shot <clears throat> but obviously it's a bit different for clubs with smaller grounds but still a thousand thousand fans in, in Glenfell Park it, it should be relatively easy to space them out and you know if it's done if it's done right it's, it, it'll be pretty much you know completely safe I can't imagine why it wouldn't be so you know I think a lot of clubs will probably be disappointed thinking that we've got this pilot scheme and we can start to move towards getting fans back in which is obviously absolutely vital for the clubs to get the revenue coming back in and things like that but I think Unfortunately, today and the announcement tomorrow, um, which which we will get, I would think will probably put put a spanner in that, you know, quite significantly. Uh, staying around the topic, then actually another bit of news that came out this week uh, is regarding the under twenty threes. Now, obviously, we've had a few question marks over that project and how it's going to look this year. You know, was, would there be any league to to go into? Um, you know, how regular the game's going to be? Is the partnership at Bottesford still on? Things like that. Um, well, yeah, there is going to be a league. Uh, the fixtures have been announced. They're all on the website. Uh, they will still be played at Bottesford. Uh, there's no Central League Cup this year. I think the interesting thing, though, is you know, with it being at Bottsford, Oxford. I did wonder if it was a chance, you know, to get a few fans in and see a game, maybe because, as you know, with bots have been, you know, non-league and, and they can have fans in up to a certain extent, can't they? Uh, potentially, that was a chance to get back in. But they, these games are going to be behind closed doors, so it's not following the same situation. But I guess, are you glad to see the under twenty threes will continue? I mean, especially with the size of our squad at the minute, because as of yet, we still haven't had any players going out. And Neil Cox was saying, I think only the other week, you know, we need a place to get these fitness levels up, don't we? Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think the size of the squad is, um, well, it's, it's inflated, isn't it? Put it that way. I think um, it's going to be very difficult to train that amount of players. I think he mentioned, was it 25, 27, something like that, which, which seems crazy when, um, you know, 
large proportion of those are not going to be involved in the match day squad. Um, so I think, yeah, we definitely need some games for, for them to get fit and to keep them ticking over. Um, so it's good that they've obviously got these games together. Obviously, um, behind closed doors, again, there's it's a little bit of a shame because I know there's, there's certain fans that do try and make these games as well. So that's a shame for the people that do like to go and watch them. But uh, yeah, I think it, it makes sense at the moment for that to be... Um, you know, taking place at Bottersford and it, just the necessary amount of people to get the game on, and and that's it for now. And you know, I think that's that's the right thing to do. But yeah, it, just to just to get some minutes into some of these players, um, I think it's important we we start games. Um, you only have to look at Cox's comments after the weekend. Obviously, we've got um, Jordan Clark and I think uh, Olamola's back as well. Um, Onorise, you know, they're all kind of um, coming back to some kind of fitness, but they just need minutes under the belt. And at the moment. It's very difficult for the club to actually, um, you know, get a game on with with a local side or you know another reserve side. Um, so yeah, these these games will help that. Um, so that can only be a positive thing. But I think just on the point of the large squad as well. Obviously, we'll probably go into a bit more detail. Um, it wouldn't surprise me as we kind of approach in so sort of the last couple of weeks of the window. I think we're definitely going to have to see some movement out because. Um, even with the under-23 squad, um, I just don't think that it's manageable at the moment with, with the squad we've got. Let's go into the game then, shall we? Because I think, obviously, the squad and the players, It's uh, it's. I think that's where we should start, really. Because, as ever, you know, we were saying on the last one, this you know this formation, what's he going to do? Is he going to stick with it? Is he going to change it? Well, he sticks with it. 3-1-4-2 again to start with. And uh, the change to the team, the only change is that Issa drops down. I think, was he carrying a bit of an injury? I think that was uh, the report, wasn't it? And then uh, Dunvald Turan starts, and we'll come on to those individually. Uh, no Butroid and no Colclough in the squad at all, though. No, I mean, we don't know what's happened with Butroid, but we can... I don't know if he's carrying a knock or anything like that, but he, he didn't particularly take his chance when he was given it in the in the first game. I thought he was he was quite poor. Um so you know, I don't think there's any surprise there really, especially if we're gonna go for the um sort of the, the three at the back with the two wing backs to kind of leave him out. And I think uh, we'll obviously touch on individual performances, but I thought Mason O'Malley um, played really well again. So um yeah, I think that's Butroid potentially had his chance and um, now it's, it's O'Malley's chance um, and we'll just have to see how he does. But yeah, um, in terms of Issa, it, it was reported, I think they had a little knock and, and that's obviously why Turan started. What do you make of going with this three-one-four-two thing then? Because obviously we know the three at the back and then Spence sits just in front, doesn't he? And then I suppose Hippolyte and I think Hornshaw as well, they operate as, as sort of wing-backs, although it, it does force Gilead central. And I, obviously I do want to quantify Gilead, especially in the light of this game. But I, were you surprised to see him stick with it after the, the first half at Newport? I mean, no. Um, I expected him to kind of go with it again and, and I think he will probably go with it again against Carlisle and I think if it doesn't work against Carlisle that will hopefully be the death of it and I think that you saw once we kind of moved towards more you know a more conventional 442 at the weekend we 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 started to play a little bit better didn't we and I think the players this they seem to sort of know what they're supposed to be doing a bit more but you know at the end of the day we, we've played it and you know we, we've lost to it you know, a, a god awful crawling mm. team, and and not really created many chances at the same time. So it's 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 obviously massively disappointing, and I just, I just it just doesn't work in my opinion. And and as as you said, it, it just forces players into unfamiliar positions like Gilead. Although he did all right in the centre again, I'm I'm going to say that he's not a central midfielder. <clears throat> he, he is a winger, and that's where he should be playing. 
um, as one of our best players. And and the same with it, it makes you play. You kind of you know, wing backs is is Hippolyte a wing back? Is he a left back? Is he a, is he a forward? Is he a left winger? We don't really know. He did all right. He was unlucky not to score, but you, you know, and I think Hornshaw got caught out as well again in in that area for their goal. Um, so it, for me, it doesn't work, and it, and it's just another one of these kind of bizarre situations where you've got a squad that can just about play four for two. I realise at the minute we're a little bit weak in 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 fullback positions because you know we signed Clark and he's not fit, obviously, and things like that. And Butchroy seems to have gone somewhere, um, but I think that it it not for me. And I think we've it's, it's it's sort of the third or fourth season that we've tried to do it, and it, it's all very bizarre, and it, and it just doesn't work. Um, so the the quicker they get back to four four two, the better, in my opinion. I think we'll come on to it actually because you know we did have a question later on about uh, you know what's our best eleven. How do you put that out? And we're going to do that at the end of the episode. But I think we were discussing it earlier on. And when you consider the squad and you know what we have, you know we've got some really good players as we know, especially on the width and to try and find a formation where they can all be on the pitch to some extent is quite difficult. And I'm wondering actually from just having that conversation earlier on, if this is partly the issue that Neil Cox is having is the sense that, you know, we've got these great players. He wants them on the pitch. If you play something like four four two, realistically, one of them is going to have to drop out. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, Difficult. I wouldn't want to be Cox at the moment, to be honest, because obviously McAtee is coming back into the squad as well this weekend. Um, and that's, yeah, that's another player in the forward positions that we've got to try and find a place for. I think fans have got to be a little bit patient because he's still trying to find his best 11. Um, but having said that, I do agree with Matt. I mean, we do sound a bit like a broken record, but I do agree that the formation at the moment just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, I don't think the two, obviously Hornshaw and, and Hippolyte, I don't think they're good enough to play wing-back positions. Uh, obviously, both of them playing out of position. If if you think about their kind of natural position, um, Hornshaw in the middle and obviously Hippolyte further forward. Um, so I don't think it's their natural position. I think they're doing the best for the, the team and they looked okay. Hornshaw's obviously made a couple of mistakes um, and lapses of concentration perhaps. And that's maybe because it's not his preferred position. Um it's, it's going to be difficult if you're dropping back there and you've not played much football in that position. So, um, yeah, I think they're doing the best, but I, I just there's question marks over that for me. Um, I think uh, the centre backs, obviously, they, they can all play. They can all play um, play out, and they're, they're really comfortable on the ball, which kind of lends itself to that. But you've got to get the rest of the squad right, and I think the the problem is, and and where Cox is going to get criticised is that you know. The best players, as you say, Brad, are our wingers. Um, Gilead, I thought he was fantastic um, at the weekend. He was our kind of standout player. Um, but I think most fans would prefer to see him out wide. Again, with, with Issa, uh, you've obviously got Cole Clough, who's disappeared. Uh, we don't know the reasons behind that. But again, um, most clubs in this division, you know, if, he, if his head was right, would take him because on his day, he's a good player. And I think if you're looking at it and... and for me, if you're looking at Colclough and, and Hippolyte, who's going to kind of um, produce something and maybe create a goal or, or score, um, I think I think that's probably Colclough. But obviously, if his head's not right, then that's that's potentially why he's, he's not around the squad. Um, but yeah, for me, I think you've just got to play to our strengths. I think um, at the moment, the pace has been taken out of the team, if you like, with Eater up top. Uh, when he's played up top, you know, he's best on the wing. I, I think Matt said it. 
um, on the last episode when, when he's coming in and cutting in and taking players on. And, um, you know, we, we've not seen that really in the last couple of games. So I think that's that's the key thing. I think we've just got to start playing to our strengths a little bit more because the the lack of chances created is getting a little bit concerning. Um, I think we, we're showing uh, we're quite neat and tidy on the ball. We're quite good in possession. Obviously, possession stats again at the weekend, uh, really good. So, uh, I think six, 65% or something like that. But it's it's no good having all that possession if you're not creating chances. And for me, um, we just didn't do enough, whether it was the final ball or whether it was kind of movement from the front two. It, it just was lacking a little bit. And I think the more that goes on, obviously, Crawley were, were poor as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, but they put the one chance away and it was always going to be an uphill battle after that because obviously we've seen it in the past couple of games. We were rarely creating um, chances. We're rarely forcing keepers into saves. And when you go 1-0 down fairly early on, it's going to be a struggle. And again, I said it a couple of weeks ago, I said it, um, you know, you can't really see us getting back and winning the game. And that's, that's a problem at the moment. And I think that's one you need to address. Um, and it's, it's a shame because I think we have got the quality in attacking areas to hurt teams, but it's just how we're setting up seems to be stifling us a little bit at the moment. I think you're right because you mentioned there about Issa, you know, cutting in and things like that. And was not playing to our strengths realistically in that game although I thought we were actually quite good in the second half, we controlled it quite well. You're absolutely right. We weren't creating the chances. And realistically, our best opportunities were all from Gilead. You've mentioned him already. I agree with you. I think he was excellent. Man of the match for me, certainly. And he made two or three, you know, excellent runs, you know, covering quite a lot of distance and, you know, cutting in a few times. And for me, that's the only time where we looked dangerous, really. But And even then, he didn't have the support you know, running off him for, to give a, an option to pass through. And more often than not, he was brought down quite late on up the pitch. Yeah, I mean, th- this is <clears throat> what I don't really understand. It's We're not playing to our strengths and it's, it's relatively apparent what those strengths are. So what are we playing to at the minute? This is what I don't get. Um, I, I, I can't understand it. I don't, I don't see the reason to play this formation because it doesn't work and we don't get anything out of it other than having a formation that plays contrary to the strength of your best players at the club, which you would think at the moment you would be playing towards. So I just find it all a bit baffling, really. I, I, can anybody explain it to me? Because I just I don't get it. There's, there's certainly a shift, isn't there, as we'll discuss later on, when we, I think through through injury, isn't it, through Maguire, that we're forced into a bit of a formation change. And, you know, we create two or three chances within the first five minutes of doing that. Um, I mean, we'll come on to that a little bit later on. Let's look at some individual moments uh, from the first half. And I think really early on, uh, we've got Ryan Loft with a header, and I think he just jumps too early, really, doesn't he? He doesn't connect properly, but that's a great chance. And, you know, we... I think we're finding out, aren't we, already with these these first couple of games. The first goal is going to be so important this year and you put that in and, you know, we saw what Crawley were like. There were nothing, were there? Potentially, you go one up there and it's a completely different game. Yeah, I mean, if that goes in, hopefully, you'd, you'd hope we'd get the confidence to kick on and, and win that game because, obviously, as you say, Crawley were poor. Um, yeah, I think that, that missed probably summed up his afternoon loft to be honest um, I think we've seen sort of the really good um, against Port Vale when he was fantastic um, everything seemed to stick to him he, he, we were saying he had a good touch um, bringing players into play and then obviously he didn't do that much against Newport but he scored that fantastic goal um, and then yeah I mean 
the weekend wasn't one of his better games, to be honest. And I mean, there's, there's the heat map and there's the uh, passing statistics that are going around on Twitter. And I think he, he made 12 passes in the entire game and, and 10 of them were to um, the opposition. So um, that, that kind of illustrates the afternoon he had. Um, nothing was really going right for him. But I think he'll, he'll know that. You know, he looked frustrated as the game went on. I think he was everything was kind of going wrong. He couldn't get anything under control. And I think if he discovered that one early on, we may have seen a different player and, and a totally different result. So yeah, again, I mean, it's it's these big moments. Yeah, we obviously we had Hornshaw um, in the Newport game, missing that big chance. And I think the games kind of hinge on these moments. And I think if we, we can just go ahead, as I say, you hope that we'd be able to kick on and maybe get another one. But at the moment, because we're obviously always kind of it's an uphill battle once we go one down. We, we're kind of getting a little bit desperate. Um, you know, we, we're kind of snatching at things and it, it's not quite working out. And I think Loft, you know, he, he was getting frustrated as it went on. You could you could see that. Um, but I think Cox is going to stick by him by the sound of things. You know, he, he's brought him in to do a job. Um, we've seen some really good stuff from him. Saturday wasn't great, but I think, you know, hopefully he can bounce back. And we've seen the quality he possesses. Obviously, he's, he's got a a couple of good goals um, so you know I, I think some of the criticism uh, that, that he's received uh, is a little bit unjust to be honest yes it was a poor performance at the weekend but um, you know hopefully it was just an off day I think I wonder if a part of that as well is and this is something that Nigel Ekins was saying wasn't it on the co-commentary was that you know him and, and Dunval Turan you know they've They've never played together before, have they? And I think that was quite evident throughout the game. Um, let's let's move on to him slightly because when we signed him, he of course the trialist in the Watford game, a, a real unknown entity. You know, we don't know what we were going to get from him. Um, I thought actually, I, I thought he looks all right. I thought it was a pretty good performance from him. Yeah, it was promising. I think he was good. Um, obviously, holding the ball up. He showed a lot of strength at times uh, with, with players around him, kind of holding them off and bringing players into possession. Um, I th- think he would have probably benefited with a couple of wide men because there were a couple of times he, he maybe held players off and, and looking to kind of pass it wide and spray it wide and there was no one there. Uh, but yeah, I think he's he's going to be pleased with that performance. Um, personally, I think um, definitely looked lively, looked a bit more like a, a striker. Uh, you know, he, he was making the runs, although we didn't find him very often, but he was actually trying to find the space and um, looked quite intelligent at times. So yeah, I think I'm quite interested to see what he can offer. I think he's going to be um, a relatively good player for us, just on, on that evidence. Obviously, um Hopefully he gets a bit more of an opportunity at the weekend. Uh, but yeah, I was pleased with what I saw, to be honest. And um, yeah, looking forward to see what, seeing what he can do. I think he might have a yellow card or two in him, though. I mean, there was that off-the-ball incident, wasn't there, where he sort of he nearly went for that play, didn't he? He had to get cooled down a little bit. There was. And he, it sort of reminds me when Kev first came. Yeah. You know, he was a bit like that, um, just reacting to things a little bit. So we need to be careful there because teams soon cotton on to, to players like that. And I think we did see... Teams maybe targeting Kev at times, um, trying to get him sent off, and obviously he has done, hasn't he? Uh, Charlie Good, and um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I think he, he maybe just needs to calm down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think he was, by the sounds of his interview, he was you know over the moon that he'd made his debut, and um, yeah, I think it was it was really promising. So yeah, fingers crossed he can get a bit more game time. Obviously. That partnership needs a little bit of time to, um, you know, they need to work on that a little bit. And whether, 
we do go with those two again um, remains to be seen or you know he, he has got that height but it looks like he can play a little bit as well so um, potentially there's there's other options there with Olamola coming back and uh, McAtee as well we could maybe play McAtee off one of the big men um, so there are options um, but yeah I think that partnership will get better if if, if it's given time and, and given a few games um, I'm sure they'll get to know each other and um, maybe play off each other a little bit more because at times they were kind of playing a bit like individuals um, but yeah yeah really really pleased with him actually Let's move on to the, the goal then because obviously as we've said already the first goal is very very important this year isn't it and I think it in a way that that it was this the only chance Crawley had really I mean I don't remember them doing an awful lot in the game uh, and again it's 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 really poor from us isn't it it's just another switch off I mean I think realistically we're yet to we're yet to concede a goal where you think that's that's really nice you know it's it's a well-worked goal I, we couldn't have done anything about that you know I think for everything we've conceded so far there's moments where you think we do that here, that stops, you know, that's not going in. Uh, and on this one, it's just a couple of passes through, isn't it? It's, they're not really playing with all that much intensity. It's passed through, I think it's Hornshaw, again, passed across the goal, and then he's just sort of there at the back post to, to pass it in. And I think there's sort of one, two, three, maybe even four players that are sort of switched off at that moment. Yeah, just, you're right. I don't, I don't think I've, I've seen a, a, a team be really made to work for a goal so far this season rather than a goal that, could have been prevented by, you know, a bit of competent defending. And I think that, yeah, we it looked like we switched off, um, didn't it? And it's a bit harsh to maybe point the finger at Hornshaw, but I think he was the one who got caught out, really. And, uh, of course, the ball comes back across the six-yards box, and there you go, it's 1-0, isn't it? And it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's poor again, really. And it's disappointing because I think, you know, if, if we hadn't switched off for that kind of couple of seconds, really, we you'd like to think we would have got a point out of it, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, again, I mean, the ball, the first ball over the top, I think it's Cordner that tries to kind of clear it and, um, you know, maybe he could do a little bit better with that one. But even so, with a bit of time, obviously the ball came into the middle and, and he's, I mean, from a, from a Crawley point of view, I'm sure he'll be really pleased with that pass, you know, in the inside of the defender, um, caught Hornshaw napping a little bit. So, yeah, from their point of view, I'm sure they'll see it as a well-worked goal. But again, it's, yeah, it's just another lapse in concentration. Um, and it's, you know, it's not the first, is it? So we've got to, we've got to keep cutting those out. And I think if you do, I mean, it's not all doom and gloom, you know, it's not all negative. I think there's a fine line between us being, you know, down the bottom again, like we were last season and actually having a relatively decent season. I think we, we're not far away from being a decent side, but we've got to keep, we've got to cut these errors out, um, Soon, well, you, uh, you're right, aren't we? Because on paper, we're all relatively happy with the defence, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. I think the defence looks good on the whole. I mean, obviously, the, the full-back position, we've got to sort out. But you'd hope that when Jordan Clark's back, if you can put a run of games together, then he's going to shore that up. And he'll probably give us a little bit more going forward as well. Um, and obviously, on the other side... I'd like to see O'Malley get a bit more of a chance because I think I, I like what I see there. I think he looks good. Uh, again, confident on the ball and, and likes to get forward. So, um, yeah. And then the centre-backs, you know, all the centre-backs that have played so far um, have looked good. I know, obviously, Bideau, maybe at times he's, he's got a bit of a mistake in, in him. Um, Cordner looks good on the ball. Again, the only thing with him, for me, sometimes... Just a little bit, 
I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know best way to put it, but just a little bit too casual at times. Um, and he's got away with it. I mean, some of the some of the skill he's, he's shown has been brilliant uh, when he's kind of flicked it over strikers' heads and things like that. But you just you can see it going wrong one one week. And um, but I think on the whole, he's been fantastic. Really good find. Um, and obviously, we know what Harrison can offer when he's fit. Um, so yeah, on the on the whole, defensively, we look okay. Crawley didn't really trouble us, and you, you're looking at the other games as well. Um, I think Port Vale had obviously a few opportunities, but Newport didn't really trouble us. Um, apart from set plays, I think we've got to be better defending set plays because we've got some big guys in there. We, we never seem to really win a header, or, or Watson rarely comes to claim them. So um, we've got to improve there. But from open play, we don't really give much away um, in terms of chances. So you know, if that continues and, and we kind of hold firm defensively and cut out these mistakes then we could start building and, and trying to create some chances at the other end and if that's if that's the case and we start creating some chances we have got the quality there I, I think um, you know to, to start finishing them but yet yeah, for me that's that's the only concern really um, that we're not creating enough and you know if you're not creating chances there's only there's only one way you're going to end up and, and that's down the bottom of the table unfortunately. Well, you mentioned about creating chances there, and as as it's a stream, you know, and obviously we're just sort of watching in our sort of living rooms and things like this. I do tend to sort of take notes, so there's points that we can bring up on here, uh, sort of specific moments that otherwise we might have forgotten about if we had been there. And uh, after that goal, apart from a couple of Gilead runs, which we've already discussed, I didn't really have anything else to the first half. You know, it was another one of them them sort of games where we're we're doing all right. We're we're sort of holding it well, um, but we're not. We're just not creating anything. And that for me. And when was the goal? Was it fifteen minutes, something like that? That's when my notes stopped. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was that was it, wasn't it? That was the only kind of action of the half. Obviously, Loft's header and then um, their goal. I don't think we really troubled the keeper. Other than that, um, they didn't either. Yeah, and I think we had, I think you're right, we had a lot of possession. I think we had kind of probably control of it. You know, I, I don't think um, we were doing much with the ball, but we were keeping it fairly well. But again, it was all sideways passing. Um, you know, Spence, most of his passes were sideways. Although I do like him. I think he's, he's going to be important for us this season. But I think once he gets the ball... And he does, like like Atkins said in his commentary, he does get in some really good positions. But when he gets the ball, he's got to try and move it on to, to a Vincent or to a Gilead who can then play that forward pass. Um, but I think Spence, I think he's got a better range of passing than we than we, than we think. And then it's first evident. Uh, but we've got to give him the ball and, and see what he can do. Um, but yeah, I think we've just got to cut out these sideways passes. Um, we've got to try and get it forward a little bit more. Um, hopefully, if there's a change in formation, then, then you know we can get it to the wings and we can get running at players. And I think that's when we're going to create the chances. Obviously, the, the Port Vale goal, we, we scored with a bit of width. Obviously, Colclough um, running at players. So I think that's the way to go. You know, we, we've touched on it um, in, in every episode. But yeah, as you say, it was a bit of a non-event. And um, yeah, it, it, it was just, yeah, there was nothing in it, was there? Why are we playing with with two big strikers in in Turan and 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 Loft and and not playing with any wingers on the pitch? It, it just it it doesn't make any sense to me. And 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 the reason we're not creating anything is is because the 
the strikers are either isolated or, you know, more often it's just loft up on his own with no support. We don't get down the byline long enough, you know, as, as much as we should do. And one of your problem is when you've just got wing-backs rather than wingers and full-backs, you know, your full-backs can't overlap, so they can't get, you know, a bit, bit of extra support coming down the side there. But, it's, this is, you know, it's, it's the reason we're not creating anything because, I mean, I don't think the, the centre of the midfield, that you know, no disrespect, is massively creative. Maybe it's the formation that hasn't helped really but as we saw and I think you know that we saw a really good um, statistical graphs on on Twitter today I can't remember who originally did it but I know Iron Stats retweeted it just showing the range of passing from different players and, and for most of central midfielders midfielders the passing is is sideways isn't it it's not incisive it's not into space on the wing where a winger might be or something like that it's generally sideways and we're not really moving forward enough and and there's just too much of a disconnect between the midfield and the strikers, and there's there's no there's no real proper width on the pitch, which is really hurting us at the minute. And you know, to make it all more the more baffling, as we said, our best players are wingers, so it's just really not making much sense at the minute for me. Well, this we had a comment in on this very thing actually. It's from Niall Ramsey, and he said we have three top wingers at League Two level. So why are we playing a formation with wing backs rather than out and out wingers? And you know that's right. I mean, you know, Gilead for as great as he was in that game and I thought our threat was from him as I said you know he was forced centrally wasn't he and he was sort of running through the middle and when you've got say Hornshaw operating as this wing back role more often than not that's that's played quite deep isn't it you know how we didn't really see him up the other end of the pitch as well sort of crossing it in did we and really I think we need like a Gilead or an Issa to be the out and out winger as you were saying there Matt and then hopefully we stand a better chance of getting you know, a little bit of end product. Well, if this if they're supported by fullbacks, and you've got two strikers on the pitch, when you're going forward, you've got a lot of bodies in the final third of the opposition's half. We've not been seeing that generally because you know it's it, wing, wing back a wing back. It's a very very difficult role, isn't it? It's, you've got to attack and you've got to defend. You've got to be very fit, and your position has got to be your positioning has got to be absolutely spot on or you're going to get completely caught out. And I think it is a big ask to ask it, you know, an, an inexperienced player like Honshaw to play a role like that when, I, you know, I actually thought he was a central midfielder before the season started. So he must be kind of a bit, you know, not where he expected to be. And, and with Hippolyte, I'm not really sure. I think he's, he's all right playing anywhere down the left, isn't he? But again, you know, this is a guy who, who had kind of questions over his fitness before the season started. And he's expected to play 90 minutes as a wing back. And it's an incredibly fitness intensive, mm-hmm. probably one of the most fitness intensive plays kind of positions on the pitch of football. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult in that as well. And, and I think that, you know, I, the best, the, the sooner we can sort of move back to 4-4-2, in my opinion, the better. But I'm going to pick up on that, actually, because you uh, you mentioned there about if you have fullback supporting, you get a lot of bodies in the pitch. And think back to Clamford Park last couple of seasons, when Clark is playing, you know, how often will you have, like, uh, an Issa sort of running up that pitch? And Clark's with him, isn't he? He's not playing a wing-back role. He is the fullback, but he is up that pitch and, you know, he gets a decent ball across. Well, yeah, absolutely. Completely right. And, and when you do that, you, you overload the opposition's defence and it's you get more options. You Instead of having maybe just, you know, the one player to cross the ball in, you've got two or three because you've got advanced fullbacks with wingers as well. And when you've got big strikers in the box, like 
loft and, and like Turan, hopefully, then this is when we're going to be most dangerous for these, you know, for the opposition team. So this is it's just, it's completely, it really, really does baffle me on, on so many levels. You know, as we said, the, the kind of inexperience of your players, you've played in these really difficult positions and the fact that they're playing there while your best players, your wingers are playing in positions they're not particularly comfortable with and as you said I think Gilead did well but when Issa played in that position kind of just behind the striker he, it didn't work for him did it he, he didn't do anything he, he as you said, he has to come deep to get the ball and then he's nowhere near his strike partner or whatever he's supposed to be and and he just ended up running into players because he's used to cutting in and, and there's no end product whatsoever at that point. Yeah, I mean the other thing, regardless of formations, I think we've got to be a little bit better with our with our final pass. I think that quality's got to improve. Um, just watching the game at the weekend, obviously the amount of times Nigel Adkins said, you know, right idea, but just poorly executed. And I think that kind of would help. You know, if, if we could get that final ball right, we've got more of a chance of creating something or, you know. Um, scoring some goals but yeah I think it's it's going to be um, interesting to see how we kind of approach the weekend whether the injury to Maguire you know if it is serious or if it's going to rule him out for the weekend whether that kind of forces him into more of a 4 4 um, it might play into you know it might, might favour us um, but yeah I think we, we it seems to be the talking point of every every episode and I think you know the fans can see it um the fans can see it and have seen it for a number of years when it's been tried. Um, and it always seems to kind of fizzle out, doesn't it? After sort of four or five games, a few bad results, um, potentially, um, you know, down the bottom of the table, we do seem to kind of find our way back to four four two. So hopefully that will happen sooner rather than later. You know, the, the key thing, I mean, we could bang on about it all night, but the, the key thing is playing to players' strengths. And I think, once you get those players out wide with that quality, then we may see the final ball to the strikers, you know, improve because of that. And we may see the balls from Spence and Vincent, you know, improve to the wings, you know, because there's an outlet there when potentially at the moment there's no outlet. So they're trying to play a difficult ball that's, that's not quite getting through. So um, I think, yeah, we, we could go on about it all night. I think there's there's definitely positives in there. Um, but I think the, the key takeaway from this is we've got to try and play a formation that, that suits the players we've got available and our best players well as we say we do change formation in the second half and that comes uh, not I guess maybe not intentionally it's because of that injury to Maguire isn't it as we said earlier on and Mason O'Malley comes on and is this was this his first league appearance as, as well was it I think I, it can't have had many um, and again as we've said you know four four two. Lead, you know, leading to more chances. It it did that quite early on. I think I I think it was four four two, or it was certainly close to it, wasn't it? I know Badeau was getting forward quite a bit in the second half, which might question, uh, query that slightly. But uh, you know, O'Malley actually himself within the first sort of five minutes of the second half, he has a really good chance. And actually, I think you know, I think he'll he'll want to have done better at that one. Uh, and he, he you know he could have put, put a real name to himself there, couldn't he? And get a goal on his what is possibly his first league start. Yeah, I mean, he should have scored, shouldn't he? I think he was maybe found himself a little bit surprised that he had that much time and, and that much space. He'd obviously made a fantastic run and that was one of the best balls all game, really. I'm not sure who played that one through, but um, yeah, he had a lot of time. and I think he probably had a little bit too much time and then he got caught in two minds, whether to shoot or whether to cross it. Obviously, there wasn't many players around him. Um, so the only really real option was to have a go. 
um, and unfortunately he's dragged it wide. So I think he'll be disappointed with that. And again, like we mentioned earlier on, we've, we've got a score in these key moments because at the moment we're not creating that much um, so when these chances do pop up we've got to do better and I think you could probably argue it's fallen to the wrong man um, you know one of the strikers you'd, you'd expect him to be scoring from there um, but yeah he got into that position it was a good run um, and I think overall it was a promising performance and I've seen him a couple of times now and you know he's not really put a foot wrong. So he's another one to keep an eye on. Um, and for me, over the over Buttroyd, you know, if we had to make a choice between Buttroyd and, and O'Malley, I think O'Malley's kind of edged ahead in that one now. So, you know, fair play to him. I think he's, as you say, for his first game, uh, league debut, um, played really well, looked comfortable on the ball, um, put some decent tackles in as well. So, yeah, I think um, he'll be really pleased with that. Yeah, I'm with you, actually. I thought he did have a good half, actually. But um, similar to Ryan Loft earlier on, the things we were discussing, um, I, I've seen, an, uh, not many, admittedly, but some comments saying, you know, uh, well, I'm not actually going to say what they said, because I think it's entirely wrong, really. But essentially, uh, you know, a terrible debut, basically. But that uh, uh, baffling to me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, he didn't really put a foot wrong. You'd like him to score, but, you know, obviously... It's his debut. I think Neil Wright texted us, didn't he, and said that nerves probably got the better of him when yeah. he was through, and that's probably the case. Um, I think, yeah, he didn't really do much wrong. And when you see comments like that, you, you've got to wonder, really. I saw a few at the weekend, not just not just um, Loft. I know Loft did have a bad game, but again, Loft's gone from kind of hero to zero and, you know, world beater to useless and a, and a donkey um, in the space of seven days so um, yeah I think fans get excited and then and obviously straight after a game that they're on Twitter and venting and I think you know we've done it in the past uh, we're guilty of it but some of the comments this weekend I just didn't agree with um, not just on Twitter but on, on the forums um, Turan got quite a lot of stick um, which I didn't particularly agree with either. So I think, yeah, we, we've just got to remember, obviously, with, with O'Malley, it was his first league start, um, and he's come in, and I think he's he's played really well. Um, you couldn't really ask much more from him. I think he's he's kept them quiet when he needed to. Um, nothing came down his side, and we, to be honest, let's let's be honest, Crawley did nothing in that second half. No. We were pretty much camped in their half for the for the last. 20, 25 minutes. Unfortunately, we just couldn't kind of get that final ball right um, to get the goal or, or to create that chance. But, um, you know, we did that. We were pressing for, for an equaliser. Um, I think there was there was some sustained pressure there. Um, and the defence, you know, all the defence in that second half did, did well, dealt with what they needed to do and then got the ball up the field. So, uh, yeah, I think that, that criticism's really harsh and it obviously doesn't help him you know if, if he sees that if he sees some of those comments uh, on his first first game he's going to be really disappointed with that and in reality I think I think he did really well so um, yeah bizarre really yeah I think he did really well and actually I think when you look at the situation now maybe in light of of that half of football actually I think we can probably say that he's got the club backing him and by that what I mean is uh, up until a couple of well a couple of episodes ago when we were saying season's about to start what positions do we need to fill I think we were talking about left back weren't we because we were saying yeah we got Butroid oh no Bedeau's played out there a few times as well um but 
actually probably the reason why we've not signed a left back is because you know, we're actually we're all right. You know, yes, I don't know, I don't know where Bushroyd is at the minute. We've got O'Malley as we've seen. You know, he did he did I thought really well as you were just saying. So he's there. He is not just like an under twenty three that's there in a left back role, but he's a viable option for us this season. You've got Badeau that can play out there and has played there quite well. And I know Hippolyte, I think for Yeovil played left back a few times as well, didn't he? So we do have options there. That's probably now why we haven't actually brought in a player in that role. Well, yeah, I think you're probably right. Based on on that performance from O'Malley, we we clearly have a, somebody who's quite capable of playing in in a left back position, which makes it even more baffling as to why we're not we're not playing four four two. But it, it it's a little bit promising because it kind of shows you that if if we do need to just switch back to four four two, as in you know if we wanted to start with it at the weekend, you know we we should be able to do it. And I think that it. I think Hornshaw would probably be a bit more comfortable just just as a right back rather than being a wing back because he's he's going to get a little bit of support from which what would you assume would probably be uh, Gilead on the right wing and obviously as the captain he's, he's going to he's going to probably help him out a little bit as well isn't he so he's he's going to give him a bit more cover and he's probably going to be a bit more comfortable there so <clears throat> it 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 makes just makes it more baffling why we're not playing four four two I think but I mean if that is the case Brad if 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 he is if he's good enough then then it kind of solves the problem we've got it doesn't it really and and. It, it's, it's, it helps really, and it's probably as you said why we've not brought anybody in. So, you know, let, let's just get back to four four two. There's there's really no excuse now. So we mentioned the possession earlier on being to the sixty five to seventy percent, and I know that was certainly the case for the second half, wasn't <laughs> it? We we controlled it really well, uh, but as we said, we're not really causing too much danger to Crawley the closest I think we got was that Hippolyte chance where he hits it outside the box hits it and uh, just unfortunately hits the post but that was a great chance yeah it was pretty similar to the loft goal last week obviously made it from nothing really just picked it up and had a go and he connected with it really well uh, really unlucky and if that went in you know that that may just have given us that boost. Um, I think we'd have definitely gone on to get a point. That's for sure because Crawley offered absolutely nothing in that second half. But yeah, you'd think if that one went in, maybe it just gives us the boost to to get the win. Um, so unfortunate, but you know, good effort. And I think that shows the quality he will possess. You know, going forward, uh, I think we've seen a few clips of him as he signed. He, he seemed to um, have a decent shot on him and and scored some fantastic goals so hopefully if we can get him a bit further up the pitch in in a more natural position that's what he can offer us this season we mentioned there that Crawley you know didn't really have anything and that's certainly true they they didn't look anything all that at all really but uh, there was one moment that is in the second half uh, it is outside the box it's a strike it's hit quite nicely actually there's some pace on it um, and it's one of the rare moments where Watson actually has to do something but it's a nice save from him it's it's a good it's a really good save actually. Um, you know, it, it comes at him at some pace, and and if you can see, I think it, it comes through a couple of defenders as well. So he, he might have been slightly unsighted as well. So it's actually a really good save from Watson. And then just towards the end of the game, there's one more chance for us. Really, again, it's sustained pressure all the way through from us, but again, not doing anything. Uh, but then I think it's ninety odd minutes, isn't it? It's in the stoppage time. Uh, Jordan Hallam has come on at this point. And he has a bit of a half chance, really. He's in the box and it's I think the ball's sent to him and he has a bit of a back flick effort, doesn't he? And I, I thought by that point um, that really we weren't, we weren't going to get anything. But uh, I guess close. Yeah, close. I mean, just on Hallam, I'd like to see a little bit more of him because, you know, we did 
seeing that Rochdale game. I know we keep talking about it. Um, and he did okay. He looked really good, looked really sharp. Um, looked like he could be the one maybe to, to add some goals and um, certainly create chances, just kind of dropping dropping in that hole and um, spraying the ball around. I think he'd be quite good in that role. Uh, obviously, he's had a couple of injuries, but it's good to see him back on the pitch, first and foremost. I think he could be a decent player. Um, so, yeah, good to see him back and hopefully he gets a few more minutes in the in the next few games. And I suppose this, again, speaks to the size of the squad. We've said that our strength is from the wingers. And you look at that, really, when we say that, we're talking Issa, Gilead, Colclough, aren't we? They're your sort of main ones. I guess you could count McAtee in that. But then, you know, you go beyond that. You've got Hallam as well that we're saying, you know, could do something. There's Andy Dales as well, who's not featuring at the minute. You know, it's it's a big squad. We're going to have to get rid of some. Yeah, we definitely are. Um, you know, of those, I mean, Hallam, I think you'd probably say Hallam and um, McAtee are a similar kind of player. Um, so, you know, it, it would be a shame if, Holland did go out on loan because I don't think he's had an opportunity and obviously because of the injuries um, you know he's, he's been limited to just the odd appearance here and there so I think he could as I say I think he could be a decent player um, but again it's just trying to fit them in that's that's going to be the, the problem and I think that's the problem Cox is going to have um, again with Dales I think when I've seen him this season the Lincoln game he looked really lively for 45 minutes I think he looked good um, looked sharp and by all accounts, he played really well in the, the Watford friendly, um, taking people on. And, you know, he's got a lot of pace, Dales, which, um, you know, we, we maybe not utilised as much as, as we could have done in the past. Um, obviously, he's been loaned out as well. So it would be a shame if he won't, because I think he could offer us something, especially off the bench. Um, I think he, he would be one to keep around. But, yeah, as you say... There's got to be um, some squad trimming. I think it's just unmanageable at the moment. And, you know, when you've got 28, 29 players or whatever it is in training, it it must be a nightmare um, for Cox. So I think he's had a good time now. You know, he's been in for a considerable amount of time. Um, He's taken all this time to obviously run the rule over them and have a good look at them and, and make some informed choices, which I think is the right thing to do rather than, say, the club deciding who goes out on loan. Um... So obviously, um, yeah, he, he will have a, an idea of who he wants to keep and who he wants to try and get some football elsewhere. And I think we need to do that sooner rather than later because, you know, as I say, he's had a good look at them now. We're getting towards the end of the window um, and in the next couple of weeks, there's definitely going to have to be some movement. Right, just before we go on to a few questions at the end, let's just look at this game in a whole because as we've been saying, you know, we're controlling it, we're just not creating the chances. It's it's a sloppy goal again. Crawley not really offering anything. I know it's ridiculously early in the season still. There's only, what is it, two league games gone. But when you're looking at it and you're looking at how the league is this year, uh, is there a part of you thinking actually that's a game really that we're going to have to have won really? You know, we should be winning that game. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think it comes back to the point that there's not, a great deal in the division. Obviously, we've not played everyone yet. You know, we've not seen some of the better or who we expect to be some of the better teams. Um, so we'll get more of an idea sort of in the next couple of months, I would think, about about where we can finish. Um, but for me, I think we, we're not far away. It's a very fine line. I don't, I don't think we're, a, we're that far away from being a decent side in this division, sort of mid-table, maybe pushing um, sort of top half. I don't think at the moment... I've seen anything to suggest we'd be any better than that. 
Um, but again, on the other hand, you know, we're not far. If we, if we don't start creating chances and we don't start putting chances away, you can also see us getting dragged in at the wrong end of the table, like we did last year, really. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. I think we it's it's one of those. I think it could go either way. I just think we're not too far away. I think we're there's some really promising stuff, and I, I think it's important not to be too kind of disheartened by the start. I know it's been a slow start, but I think it's what we we sort of expected. Um, and I just hope that obviously Cox and, and Lillis, given time, can find a few goals from somewhere and, and start getting some wins on the board. Because as soon as we start getting some wins on the board, I think this young side, you know, they'll get a bit of confidence, and um, you know, I think we'll start seeing some some really positive results. But um, I think, yeah, that's the key thing: just to get a win on the board. And the sooner that comes, um, I think we'll be then able to kick on and, and potentially have a decent season. Well, you mentioned uh, goals there, and that actually leads us nicely into the question. We've had uh, loads sent in this week. A lot of them were about formations, so I think we've probably covered that. So we'll skip over a few of those. Uh, but I want to start with this one actually from Travis. And he says, do you think that the lack of a goal scorer in the team is something to worry about given the absence of KVV for the foreseeable future? Now, I, I guess, yeah, we don't really know what stage Kev's at with his recovery. And I guess, inverted quotes, we don't have an out-and-out goal scorer yet, do we? No, uh, not really. Um, and I think that <clears throat> that is one of the kind of areas for concern at the moment. Um, we're not creating a whole whole lot, um, but you can't really say that you expect us to clean to keep a clean sheet in any game. I think we're always going to concede one, and and if we've not got somebody who's going to reliably um, kind of produce a goal return for the season, which you would think Kevin would do. Um, uh, really, uh, nobody else on on the pitch, as you look at it, would would do that. I mean, of course, you'd get a, a decent return from Gilead and a decent return from Issa, and you know, in normal circumstances, but not from this formation that they're playing at the moment. I really, I just, I can't see it. Um, obviously, lost got two. I'm sure, given the service, he, you know, he, he probably would chip in with in on a good season, maybe about ten goals, which is is a decent return for a target man. Um, but I think you're right. I think we're, we're gonna once Kev comes back, we are gonna uh, be relying on him. For, for a decent amount of the goals and it's, it's just the way it is so it's just let's hope that he can keep fit once he gets back and um, other than that really where do, you, where do you see the goals coming from you've got maybe three or four sources when they're all fit and, and when they're all playing in the, in the you know in, in the favourite positions that you're going to get you know kind of a goal return from but other than that you know other than Kev as I said Loft Easter and Gilead really from what we look at now Cockluff, not really sure, um, but I, I, I don't know where the goals going to come from. To be honest, you might get the odd screamer from from a midfielder. You know, Hippolyte, as we said, was unlucky not to score. It was a good effort. You know that, but you know, a reliable goal return. I'm not really seeing where it's going to come from at the minute from from the squad that's been playing so far, and it and it is worrying because, as I said, I can't see us keeping many clean sheets this season. Let's just go on to this last point, I think, then, because uh, we've been on a while already, haven't we? Uh, and like I said earlier on in the episode, this is something that we were actually having a chat about earlier on, and it seemed like whenever we got you know, one player in a position, we then said, oh, yeah, but then if he's playing there, what about this guy? And this is, I guess, looking ahead to Carlisle as well, when we think how Neil Cox is going to line up. But it's from Jack, and he says, what do you guys think is our strongest lineup? We've got three great wingers that no one wants to be dropped, six or seven strikers to pick from, not many fullbacks to pick from, but who would we start? on Saturday and it's it is interesting isn't it I mean you know where where should we even begin with this 
I mean, when uh, when you think about it like that, um, it does look like a bit of a mess. And I think it's, it's going to be quite difficult for, for Cox to decide on, on what his best team is. I'm not convinced he knows at the moment. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not convinced he knows what his best formation is. I'm not convinced he knows what his, his best team is um, from the players that are fit at the moment. And I think that the, the sooner that he finds out, the better. And I think for me, really, I mean, anything that facilitates 4-4-2 would be our best team. You know that that that's really not fixed, is it? It's it's, it's quite variable. So um, you could have whoever at left back, whoever at right back. I honestly don't care to be quite honest. As long as we're playing, um, four, four, we, might, we might be forced into four at the back in the next one anyway. If Maguire's injury is serious, because you'd assume then that Badeau and Cordner would take the centre back roles, and then probably Hornshaw would drop into a more natural right back position with uh, O'Malley probably at uh, at left back. Well, you, you would think so. Um, and obviously, we we don't want Maguire to be injured. Um, but whatever it takes to get us back into four four two, in in my opinion, because I don't, we can't afford a slow start to the season. I just don't think we can, and I, I think that, that that's that's something we need to look at before whatever you know we want to play this other formation for Christ knows what reason. Um, the kind of the importance of the results takes precedent over it, really, and I, I don't think I think we'll find it quite hard to recover from a poor start and and I think we're, we're kind of a, a, a bad result at the weekend away from from saying you know we've played three games and we've got a point um and we've not really looked like getting anything else um so I, th- I think that and honestly my, my opinion is anything that facilitate facilitates 4-4-2 and gets our best players where they should be so obviously Issa on the wing Gilead on the wing you know um Loft playing with another striker whoever that might be probably Turan you know given that he had a good game at the weekend and 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 then the rest of the team picks itself really so it's, it's not that difficult is it really I think that we, if we wanted to do it, we could do it. I think. I don't know. I think Clark's coming back to fitness now. I think if, if that means Hornshaw does have to play it right back, so be it. And, and if O'Malley has to play it left back, so be it. It's, it's not the end of the world, but it, it gives you a more of a stable platform to do something with, and it, it makes it easy for your attackers. It makes it easy for your defenders. And, and I think we'll, we, we'll we'll probably see a completely different performance if we start with four four two on Saturday. But I still don't think they've given up the ghost with it yet. And I think that the if we lose at the weekend with the nonsense formation, I think that will kill it off and then we'll be back to four four two. So why not let's just start four four two and, and, and get a get a win on the board. You say it picks itself, but then Makati's available this weekend potentially, isn't he? Well how fit is he? That's I suppose that's a good well, question. Yep, that's a point. <laughs> I um, mean if he is fit, I would start him then and that's and I would also put him up front because Well I, I think know. he is fit, isn't he? I don't think we've got anything to suggest that he's not I think he he was just isolating, wasn't he? He was. I don't know if he, because obviously he's not started this season yet, as in also I think his his training might not have been as you yeah, know, intense and he might personal. quite be up to speed, that, that, I suppose. But, you know, you'd think he'd still be able to play 60, 70 minutes and then maybe come off. But if that's the case, then I, I'd play, uh, you know, McAtee close to loft um, and, and the, the the closer they are, the better. And I think that'll probably work better. But is whether or not he has to come deep, et cetera, et cetera. But that's what I do. And I think that it, just for, just to see what he's like as an out-and-out striker, because he's, he's, he's got the attributes to do it. And I know he's more of a forward or a 10 than an actual striker. But I think that, um, you know, he's, he's relatively calm on the ball. He, he's good with his feet and he can finish. And he's got pace about him, which which brings another dimension to the to, to the forward line, really. And I think that I'd like to see McAtee start. Um, and I think, he, you know, 
he probably will, but then it depends what formation we play. So, <laughs> Yeah, it would be nice to have Makati, Issa and Gilead all on the pitch. I think that could be quite good, actually. Um, I think, shall we leave it there then, chaps? I think uh, we've covered quite a lot in this one. Uh, so, unfortunate not to get the, uh, uh, well, something from Crawley, actually, isn't it? Um, really disappointing, actually, in the end. Uh, let's go ahead then. Next week, we'll be back for the Carlisle game. Obviously, there'll be all the news, as we normally do. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this one, and we will see you around about the same time next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 